0: Hey, welcome back to our Holy Week series. Today happens to be Palm Sunday, and maybe you are celebrating Palm Sunday, or maybe you're not. Maybe you don't know what Palm Sunday's about, or maybe it's just a day on your calendar. And I want us to kind of walk through this narrative today and maybe be able to see why this story matters and why this is a day that we should celebrate and look to. Um, you know, The the big question we're looking to answer this week is, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus have to die? And for us to understand this answer, or to understand this question and answer it, it helps us to step back and to look at the week that led up to Jesus' death on the cross. And so what we're having in this story happen is that uh, there's a, a buzz that's going around Jerusalem. People are curious. Is Jesus coming to Passover? Is he going to come this week? And there had already been a stir, too. There's a lot of tension going on. The religious leaders are ready to, to kill Jesus, but they didn't want to do it during Passover because they didn't want the crowd to be stirred up. They, there was a lot of people there, and a lot of people loved Jesus, and they were going to wait till the crowds went back so less people could interfere with what they were doing. But they didn't want Jesus stirring up anything, and so they wanted to arrest him. And so they had put this word out, hey, if you see Jesus, let us know. And, and so there was this, already this buzz going around. He was already the talk of the town. Everybody is focused on Jesus. And so as this, uh, this story unfolds at the triumphal entry, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he sends his disciples ahead, and he says, hey, you're going to go, and you're going to find this colt tied up here, and you're going to untie it and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you what you're doing, just tell them that the master has requested this donkey, and he'll bring him back, this colt, and he'll bring him back. And so the disciples go, and they find it just the way that Jesus said. It, said. And, they, and, and everything happens just the way Jesus told them it would happen. Somebody comes up to them and says, hey, what are you doing? They tell them a story, and then they go on. And so they come back, and this is a donkey that no one has ever ridden before. And they put their coats on it, and Jesus gets on the donkey, and he's riding it into Jerusalem. Now, he had already been the talk of Jerusalem, and then all these people were starting to hear that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And so they are excited. They're coming out. They have heard of his works. They heard about all the things that have been going on. I mean, you can only imagine if these kind of things are happening, how people heard about it. And they are excited. They're ready. And here Jesus is coming into their to the holy city. And... Um, they're rushing out to greet him, and they start throwing their jackets on the ground in front of him. And they start cutting palm branches and putting them down on the ground in front of him and to lead his way in. Now, in this story, there's two dramatic turn of events that are taking place, and I want us to look at those right now. Um, the first one is that Jesus, through his whole ministry, had always told people to be quiet about the revelation of him as the Messiah. We see it in the story of him when he heals Jairus' daughter, and here she she's uh, she comes back to life, and he's he's telling the people, don't tell everybody. When the disciples are on the mountain, at Mount Transfiguration, when Moses and Elijah shows up, and God speaks out of the cloud, like this is huge thing happens, and on the way down, Jesus is like, hey, don't tell anybody about this until after my resurrection. Uh, several times, over and over, like this is the story of Jesus. He's he's. Telling him to be quiet. He runs, he gets away from the big cities and he walks, he goes through the uh to the wilderness areas and he's in the small towns and he's he's in obscure places and, and people come out and it's even when he's feeding the five thousand, you know, they're at that moment they're ready to crown him king and he he dismisses them and walks on. Like this is the, the narrative. So what has happened, what has shifted to change the story now? You see, Jesus had been quieting everybody, and now he's letting them celebrate him. In fact, he's the initiator. He's the one who sent them to go get the donkey. And so Jesus, knowing everything that's coming, he knows that he's going to Jerusalem. He knows that they're going to celebrate him. He knows that they're going to be you know, crucified. He knows that he's going to die on the cross. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. Like He knows all these things are going to happen. But what causes this turn of events? You see, Scripture does. Jesus is responding to scripture. He's responding to the word of God. It is the word of God that has made this change happen. It's the word of God because it is written, because it was written in the word. And you may wonder like, well, well, how do we know this? Well, in Genesis 49, this is the first book of the Bible we already see this start to unfold. Jacob is giving a prophecy, and he says that the scepter will never leave Judah, and a peacemaker will come, and he will come riding on a donkey on um, <laughs> a young colt. It's funny. And Daniel 9 uh, declares that a, a specific time, a specific amount of time would take place, and then the uh, God would finish the transgression. Like, Their, their sins would be paid for, would be ended. Like, there was a specific date and a time. And here comes Jesus on the specific date and the time entering the temple, entering the city. In Zechariah 9, it says, Rejoice, all daughters of Zion. Shout, all daughters of Jerusalem. Your king comes. Righteousness and having salvation is he. Humbly, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on a, on a foal of a donkey. So here Jesus, he is coming as the humble king. He's he's humble. He doesn't come riding on horses. He didn't come with a fanfare chariot. He doesn't come with an army of soldiers. He's humbly coming as a servant. See, it's to fulfill the scriptures. He's coming in response to God's word. That's the big turn of events here. Now, the other big dramatic turn of events we have is this crowd who is one day yelling, crown him king, is next, the next day yelling, crucify him. Like, what causes this big turn of events? You know, we would see that in this story, that what's unfolding here is not just that Jesus was a, a good guy that they killed. Jesus wasn't just some man who had a bad ending or went through this tough time. You see, this is not just a week on a calendar, But what was happening here was the plan of God is being unfolded. And what we see and what we will see during this week is that the plan and the purpose God is unfolding. That God has a purpose and God has a plan. And this plan is being unfolded right in front of their eyes. You know, the disciples were ready to crown him king too. They were ready to get in there. You know, they were already talking, well, you know, who's going to be the, the greatest in his kingdom? You know, I wonder what cabinet position I'm going to have. I wonder what kind of authority I'm going to have. You know, what's going to be my role in this king? And they were all excited. You know, they're, they're excited to see, to see Jesus come in and overthrow Rome. You know, they knew of, of David, who was a king who killed Goliath. And they saw what God did to, to, to David to take on Goliath and to destroy the Philistines things. And so they're ready to see Rome fall and they're ready to see their king, their their, their everything established. And, and here they are, and they you know they look, like, man, Caesar ain't nothing to Jesus. You know, we've seen him cast out demons, we've seen him raise the dead. You know, this is gonna be awesome. And the thing is, is they were all ready to crown him king. But Jesus understood that it was through what he suffered. And he would tell them that he was coming to suffer, that he had to come and die. And none of them understood what was going on. In fact, right below this story, what we read is that his disciples didn't understand these things at first. You see, they didn't understand what was unfolding around them. They didn't understand that during that this was the plan of God that was being brought out. You know, we see this many times in this story that Peter, um, Jesus tells him he's going to deny And Peter didn't understand what was going on at that moment. You know, Peter goes from one minute, he's declaring he's ready to die with Christ, and the next minute he's peeing his pants because a little girl confronted him. Like, this is Peter, and so he doesn't understand. Uh, Philip, he he goes, yeah, how do we see the Father? And Jesus said, we've seen the Father, you seen me. Like, how do you not understand, like, this is what's going on? Uh, Thomas says, Jesus, you know, hey, where are you going that we may go with you? You know, G- Thomas is thinking that, hey, we're, there's a... You keep talking about going somewhere and your father and all this stuff. Like, where is that at? You know, and Jesus is going to the cross and Thomas doesn't understand to get this. There's a group of Greeks that come and they don't understand. You know, when Jesus sends out Judas, the disciples didn't understand what was going on. No, they did not see what was happening. They did not see that the plan of God was unfolding, that scriptures was being fulfilled right in front of their eyes. You know, This begins, This we saw this yesterday as this story begins to unfold. Like here's Mary and she is bringing her gift and she's anointing Jesus and she's washing his feet with her hair and the crowd, the disciples begin to murmur against him and Judas is, you know, his his evil heart is being exposed in this moment and here Jesus comes in and begins to defend her and he says, y'all leave her alone. She has kept this for this moment. He he declares that the reason why she had this was to anoint him prior to his burial. Like that was the purpose and the reason. He said, y'all leave her alone. She's fulfilling what God has commanded. You know, God had moved on her heart to buy this expensive offering. He had moved on her heart to save it until that moment. And it was through faith that Mary now comes to Jesus in a response that looks odd to everyone else but the Father. You know, it's, it's through faith and we can only understand and begin to see the purpose of God when we move to, in faith toward Jesus. And if you haven't moved toward faith in Jesus, you're never going to understand life. You're not going to understand what's going on. You're not going to see the big picture. And if and if you're here today and, and you're kind of wondering, like, man, I don't understand life. I don't see what's happening. I don't, it just doesn't make sense. Like what I'm trying hoping for is not happening and my goals aren't happening and all these things. And, and maybe you just see life as a series of unfortunate events that don't add up the right way. Can I tell you that it's, we have to come like Mary and through faith approach Jesus Christ and it's only by the work of the Holy Spirit that we'll begin to see and understand what's going on and this would then become the words of the disciples afterwards when the Holy Spirit had come upon them and they had that revelation they go oh all these things had to happen the prophets told about this like this was this was God's plan It was God's plan to put Christ on the cross. It was God, it was Christ's choice to go to the cross for us. Like God and Christ had already worked this out a long time ago before earth was ever made. Like this didn't just happen. This was God's purpose. Maybe you're sitting there and you're asking, you know, well, if this was God's plan that Christ's death would redeem mankind, did God make them kill Jesus? Man, let me say an emphatic no to that. You know, God didn't make their hearts evil. God doesn't cause us to sin. But this only shows us that the evil was already in their hearts. That this is how wicked our hearts are because of sin. Romans 3.10, Paul says that no one is righteous. And in Ephesians, he writes again, like we have been separated from God for so long that our hearts have become hardened to reality. You see, they couldn't understand what was going on because they were hardened in their hearts. The religious leader couldn't understand because their hearts were hardened. The disciples didn't understand because the Holy Spirit had not given them revelation. Ezekiel 36, 26, he says this, that that God will give us a new heart. You know, unless God comes and gives us a new heart, we will not understand the story of the cross. We will not understand what's going on. You see, we perish because we don't love truth. And Jesus has revealed himself as truth. And this is why they sought to kill him. Because of the wickedness of their hearts. Because their hearts had been wicked for so long that they had lost touch with the reality. You see, we need the Holy Spirit to bring the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and to understand what his words are. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this, like these things had to be revealed to us through the Spirit For it's the Spirit that searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So, also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Like, unless the Spirit of God moves in us, we don't get it. So, if you're here today, this is what I want you to catch Jesus' death on the cross was God's plan, it was his purpose. Like it was unfolding, and we'll see that even more. Like, this is God's plan unfolding, his plan to redeem mankind. Second thing I want you to see is that he is a self revealing God, he is making his plan known. He is telling us, he is constantly revealing himself to us in new ways. He is letting his plan known, and he is reliable to complete his plan. Like if you can't catch nothing out of this, you can catch this. That God is reliable to complete his plan. He said it would happen and he made it happen to the smallest detail. Like he is going to he is capable of doing that. Like and he is gentle and kind toward you. He's patient with you. And the Bible tells us that this is what our response to be. Today if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your hearts. And so we need to humbly come in faith as Mary did and put our hearts before Jesus and and ask him to give us a new heart, a heart that can recognize Jesus, a heart that is moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we come today in the first of this holy week. God, I don't want this just to be another week. I don't want this just to be a, a, a holiday on the calendar. Maybe we take some time off from work and, and have fun and goof off. But let this be a moment in which we hear you speak. We hear you reveal yourself and make yourself known to us. God, would you give us a heart that seeks after you, a heart that loves you, that's affectionate toward you. God, a heart that is, moves toward you in faith. And God, would you just let us be humble before you. God, we repent. God, of what we need to repent. And God, stern our hearts if we need to repent. God, that we can come before you. God, with clean hands and pure hearts. God, to make this week a great week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.